0: Hello, and I would like to welcome our listeners to another edition of the Crossroads podcast. I'm Matt O'Brien, reporter and news editor for Information News' North American coverage. I'll be your host today. So it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce our guest today. Someone's going to give us a close look at Digital Bridge Group's credit team and strategy. I have with me Managing Director Chris Moon. All right, Chris. So I figured just to get the conversation started, let's do something a little bit easy. If you could, for our audience, go over Digital Bridge's credit team strategy and a little bit of a history.
1: Yeah, sure. So we started the group at the end of 2019, middle 2020. We pulled the team together, and really the the core thesis was, you know, that there was opportunity in the digital infrastructure market to uh, provide growth capital that you know we felt the market hadn't really been addressing. you know we've spent some time looking at uh, just broadly some of the growth economy sectors like digital infrastructure and from an investor perspective you know they're very underweighted in exposure to those types of companies so you can go on our website we have uh, we have two white papers where we lay this out in detail. But really the idea was to get investors more exposure to uh, you know a very fast growing and dynamic sector, and you know we felt with the heritage at digital bridge of very strong operator level diligence abilities and the ability to really specialize in this sector that it would really be um, something that we'd be able to find a lot of good opportunities to uh, to address and so far we have so it's been very very good so far
0: great Tell me this where does digital bridge like to Target play in play in the in the company's debt stack.
1: I think when we started this, we thought there would be for the the yield targets that we're looking for and what our investors have in mind that you know most of the opportunities would come in the form of junior capital, so second lien loans, hold co notes, uh, preferred equity, those types of instruments. I think what we found is there's a lot of you know opportunity also at you know for first dollar senior secured loans, and if if you look at our portfolio today. You know, we have a pretty substantial amount of deals that we that we've done in first dollar senior secured. So I, I would say just just broadly, you know, it it kind of ranges. And you know, I think from a product perspective, you know, we focus a lot on funding growth capex, whether that's in the form of you know term loans or construction loans or other you know types of you know junior securities. But but I think because we're so narrowly focused in this sector. You know our mandate around product is 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 quite broad, so so you'll see us play in a variety of places in the cap stack.
0: So, what subsectors of digital infra are you guys most bullish about, and why?
1: So, we cover the same you know four you know core areas that uh, our equity fund is, has traditionally covered: so towers, small cells, data centers, and fiber. I would say the credit strategy has probably the broadest mandate in terms of being able to look at other operating intensive businesses that sit around the edges of those types of businesses. If I look at our pipeline right now, you know, there's there's a lot to do in fiber, both residential and enterprise. We have a fair amount of activity right now in the data center industry and that's that's obviously a space, you know, we've all spent a, a long time and, and there's some really good opportunities there. Some of the more nascent areas like IoT and edge computing, we really have our eye on those types of opportunities. And as they materialize and some of those businesses get to more scale, I think, you know, that will be an area that will be very active in.
0: The fiber part. Do you guys just look at enterprise fiber that come, you know, with the long term contracts that come with it? Or would you guys dip your toes in the waters of of residential, which, you know, lacks those long term contracts?
1: Yeah, we would do residential. We've looked at a number of opportunities both in the US and and in Europe. You know, I think there's there's absolutely a room room for, you know, creative financing structures to to fund some of those businesses. You know, I think you know, what we found in in Europe in particular is that, you know, there's a lot of dislocation between, you know, what the banks will do and where uh, you're able to raise equity to pursue those types of projects. So, you know, we think there's a lot of good opportunity there for you know, for creative financing capital to to help build those businesses.
0: Gotcha. Thanks for that. A couple of months ago, we saw Digital Bridge Credit Team participate in Everstream Solutions Refi. I'm just wondering, as a sample for our audience here, what exactly about Everstream's fundamentals made it a compelling case to to lend to?
1: Yeah. So Everstream's a, a, a great business. Um, it's primarily an enterprise fiber network that uh, spans you know throughout the Midwest it's got a really really good management team one that we've known for a very long time. They have two main parts of the business, you know, there's the traditional enterprise fiber and they also have a substantial amount of fiber to the tower where they sign long-term contracts with carriers to provide service to cell towers. From, you know, both of those businesses we we like a lot, there's long-term contracted revenue, there's a, a long history of of good execution by the team. And, you know, it was really just a, a perfect opportunity for us to express that in a form of a little bit more leverage than they had you know, traditionally been able to get from the bank market. And we put together a structure that had, has really not been used before in the telecom industry to be able to, to achieve some of that. And so it was, a, it was a great result for the sponsor, for the company, you know, one of the, the biggest deals we did last year.
0: Gotcha. Is it possible if you could share an outlook on, on EverStream, just what your thoughts are going forward?
1: Sure, I mean it has a lot of long-term contracted revenue so there's a lot of visibility to the business. You know, those two main business lines that, you know, that I mentioned are, you know, both very dynamic growth prospects. And so, you know, we would expect to see, you know, them to continue to build network, expand the customer footprint, do a lot of the things the team's been doing for for a really long time, and I think they've got a, a tremendous runway to be able to uh, you know, to be able to do that.
0: Great. Thanks for that. So yesterday, I don't know if you saw this or not, the journal ran a story. This year through May, leveraged loans is down 21% from the same period last year. And junk bonds, that volume has fallen by 68% over the same amount of time. Private equity is turning to direct lenders as leveraged loans dry up, to use their language. I'm just kind of curious. We see this run up in equities as well. What kind of opportunities has this created for you guys when you see something like that?
1: So this has been happening for a long time. It's not it's not just the re- the most recent pullback, although that it certainly exacerbates the trend. And I think what you know, particularly in this industry, what has been very apparent to us is that you know the level of diligence and specialization that you can bring to a financing package, the way you can in, in a private credit format, is is very very uh, much desired by a lot of these businesses the ability to move quickly have a lot of transparency in what you can and can't do have a you know a, a very streamlined and easy process to uh, to move through approvals that's really key when you have businesses that are as dynamic as they are in this industry. So there's a lot of, you know, need for growth capex. I mean these businesses are constantly consuming capital. And so what we've historically seen is, you know, the syndicated loan market, particularly driven by, you know, the rating agencies' view of these businesses, has has always been dislocated from I think the way that borrowers view their own businesses and certainly the way that we think about these companies. And so that really provides you know an opportunity, and I think what we've learned, you know, besides this sort of ratings, you know, arbitrage, is that the borrowers really like to have specialists in their in their debt stack, and that that really actually means a lot to them. And then, you know, if you can use that to to validate the business or uh, or, or validate you know the capital, that really is sort of an added benefit that you get with a lot of these uh, private credit businesses.
0: One question I would like to ask, especially in the data center side, we see some companies, you know, newer ones who have just come into the market. And I can even see this for for fiber of the home operators who are relatively new, maybe a year or two old, maybe three years old coming into the market because of the market structure and opportunities that come with that, seeing them carrying no debt in some instances. I think the concern there is CEOs, sometimes they think of themselves as, you know, software company entrepreneurs or something along those lines, and they don't want to be hamstrung by carrying large debt loads and the covenants that come with that. So, you know, if, let's say if you're talking to one of those executives, how would you lay their concerns? How, how would you keep terms flexible enough for an operator so it can still see growth without having to worry about following covenants?
1: Yeah, I guess maybe I'd put a different spin on that. I mean, I think in, in the examples where I've seen you know, what you're describing, I think, you know, typically, you know, that's, that's a business that, you know, the markets looked at, particularly the banks have looked at and said, it's not financeable. And it's been hard to, to try to, you know, bring in debt capital. A lot of the, you know, transactions that we look, look at, you know, have, you know, very sophisticated investors behind them, you know, often, you know, specialty sponsors that, you know, focus on this space, all of them, you know, broadly like to use a responsible amount of leverage to get, you know the right optimization on returns. So I don't really find myself in a situation that often where I'm trying to convince an executive that they should be you know utilizing leverage to fund their to fund their growth. You know, I do think that you know your second point around you know how do you keep a structure flexible enough so that you know they can they can grow and not be you know overburdened by the by debt. You know, I think in any structure, you've got to have some controls around you know what they can and can't do, and obviously, you know, you need to be able to responsibly you know manage you know your your position in the credit. But I think there's ways in which you know we've utilized where you know we can sit down at the beginning with with an entrepreneur and say you know where where are your concerns and where where do you see pain points within you know within a structure or you know where do you see you know issues that you'd like us to structure around. And you know, and everything we do is basically you know drawn up from, you know, from day one as kind of a bespoke you know structure. So there's often not many things that we can't find a way to structure around and and make sure there are appropriate controls elsewhere in uh, in the transaction, so that you know we can get ourselves and our investors comfortable. But you know, it really has to be, and, and that's the approach that we always take. Is you know, it really has to be sort of a partnership approach where. You know, from the very beginning, you're committed to, you know, getting the best, you know, and most efficient capital, you know, to the business. And then, you know, we kind of, you know, work hand in glove to figure out what, what you need and what we need to make, to make that work.
0: What can you possibly share with us in terms of where we can expect the digital bridge credit team next in terms of deals?
1: You know, if you think, you know, just backing up a little bit to when we talked about the history of the team and, you know, the strategy, the heritage of Digital Bridge has always been entrepreneurship and innovation, and and we've we've constantly innovated on the financing markets, you know, over and over, and you know, and, and that's been led by the debt capital markets team on the equity side. And there's been a lot of value that's created in you know being a leader in how you finance these businesses. So that's really the the same sort of heritage that we try to um, embody here on the credit side. Where if you look at the Everstream transaction, for example, you know that was a you know that was a a, a brand new application of that structure hadn't been done before, you know, on an unrated, you know, billion dollar debt issuance, you know, very sort of innovative and first of its kind, you know, I think you'll see us continue to, you know, start from the the operator's perspective, the borrower's perspective and try to solve pain points and, you know, in a very creative way and, and create, you know, new technology in, in financing structures. And I, and I think, you know, the next deal or two that you'll see from us will, you know, we'll continue to have those types of hallmarks where it'll be a first of its kind or it'll be an innovative structure that the market hasn't seen before. And I think, you know, there's going to be a lot more to come on that.
0: So let me ask you this. We've seen a lot of reporting from my peers and other publications and and on TV talking about various macroeconomic trends and potential headwinds. What keeps you up at night? What, What makes you worry the most?
1: You know, in some ways, it's a better environment for credit than when we started this. When we first launched you know the the team it was right before the pandemic the market was very you know hot for credit there was you know this you know very brief moment in time in March of April of 2020 where the markets were you know way off we you know really weren't yet in a position to to capitalize on that, you know, we were just forming the team and, and bringing the platform together, and then it, you know, just grinded higher and higher and higher, really until just a few months ago. And, and frankly, that what, what we faced last year, you know, in some ways was was a tougher environment for credit than what we have in front of us. And so I think, you know, obviously, you know, interest rates are, are, are you know, all of our borrowers are very sensitive to that. You know, how much of of the rising interest you know costs can we pass on to borrowers versus you know are we absorbing you know that's a that's a big topic you know inflation and supply chain issues in in a lot of the businesses that we focus on you know have real impact and so you know we're really starting to see that you know broadly across the sector start to you know have more and more of a significant impact you know i think just if we step back this sector has you know tremendous tailwinds and Growth prospects. So while there's a lot of things that are happening in the in the macro environment, digital infrastructure historically is not you know perfectly correlated to that, and is you know has typically has typically grown you know throughout those types of down cycles. So that's why we feel really good about you know having the you know the product together and and the team ready to go, and you know think it's actually going to be a very you know good environment to bring creative financing solutions to to some of these businesses that you know might be facing maybe a little bit you know more distress than you know we've seen in the past.
0: Got it. Great. Thank you for that, Chris. That pretty much wraps up my line of questioning. I appreciate the time you've taken for me and my audience. Thank you very much. So, folks, that was Chris Moon from Digital Bridge. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. So, that's it for this week. Don't forget to tune in next time. Until then, take care.